Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible, but if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please think twice before listening to our show. There are over 700,000 sexual offenders in the United States alone. With all the social media these days, how can we protect ourselves and our children from these despicable predators? Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast, where we share stories of people who experienced horrible things and try to imagine what they went through, as well as look for opportunities that could have made a difference and encourage people to help others that are being abused. It was around 3.30 p.m. on July 24, 2018, in Lilburn, a city in Gwinnett County near Atlanta, Georgia. The police received a call from a woman named Devin Moon saying that her three-year-old daughter, Reagan, was cold to touch, and she believed she was dead. Police responded to the call and went to the house to find the little girl lying on the couch. But the scene told a story that they could never have been prepared for. Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Rosie. And I'm Ryan. And it's been a while. It has. If you don't follow our Instagram or Facebook, you may have been a bit confused last week when we didn't post a new episode. Uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I've honestly been having kind of a rough time. Uh, I was really sick last week, and then on top of that, had some family drama, big falling out with my dad, and... Then a close friend of my family got killed in a car accident just a couple of days ago, so I'm feeling a bit off today, uh, but you guys have been so sweet and encouraging, and I love making something that you appreciate, so thank you for helping me find the motivation to get back into my normal routine here, and yeah, we're going to get back into it. Mm-hmm. So we have some new patrons to thank. Yeah, we want to say a big thank you to our newest patrons, Caitlin. Heather and Kate. Thank you, Caitlin, Heather, and Kate. Caitlin and a Kate. Who would have thunk? Also, I hear that I get sidetracked a lot while we're telling stories and that I also repeat a lot of what Rosie has already said. So I just want to let you know I have a terrible memory. And also when I'm listening to other podcasts, I find myself skipping backwards all the time to re-listen. It could be my ADHD, but anyway, I usually repeat things for emphasis so the meaning and importance of what we're talking about doesn't get lost on people like me that can sometimes lose focus on what we're talking to or listening to. So thank you for putting up with my quirks, and I'll try to wait until after the story to derail it. That would be good. I also get annoyed when you do that. (laughs) Yeah, you've got a much sharper memory than I do. Thank you. So this week we're talking about another case from Gwinnett County. And if you're wondering why I'm saying another case, this is the same area where Imani Moss lived. And this story takes place roughly around the same time. Let's just get into it. This week we're talking about Devin and Reagan Moon. Devin Moon is a 30-year-old single mother from Lilburn, Georgia. She worked as an overnight dancer in a local club. She had a daughter named Reagan, who was just three years old. But sadly, 
As we mentioned in the beginning, Devin came home to find her little girl dead. Devin Moon told the police that she had come home from work to find her little girl dead on the couch. She told them that she had to stop hiring babysitters back in November of 2017, but that when, when she left for work on July 23rd, around 8 p.m., Reagan was asleep on the living room couch. Yeah, so she had become accustomed to leaving Reagan home by herself three while years she went old. to work. It was under three years old. Yeah. So from... Hmm. Yeah, from November to July, it had been normal for her to leave Reagan home alone. Which really doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) That doesn't seem safe at all. No, it doesn't. She returned home from work around 4.30 a.m. and went right to bed, assuming that nothing was wrong. She woke up the next day around 2.30 p.m. and noticed that Reagan had not woken up yet and realized she wasn't responding. That's when she called the police. According to Devin, everything was fine and normal with her daughter up until this point. She said that the little girl ate regularly, and when they asked her what Reagan had eaten the day before, she said that she'd had two packets of instant grits and 12-piece chicken nuggets from McDonald's. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, super healthy. (laughs) But the scene that the police found when they showed up was telling them a much different story than what Devin, the mother, was telling them. Uh, I'm already mad at this mom for leaving her kid home. I know. There are a lot of red flags. The police came to the home to find the three-year-old girl looking very emaciated. They saw that she had little to no muscle or body fat. Yeah, she literally appeared to be just skin and bones. The little girl only weighed 14 pounds, but she's a little under two, and 14 pounds, that's like nothing. She should be way over 14 pounds. Well, she's three years old at this point. Well, still. Almost. A healthy three-year-old would weigh around 30 pounds, so way down. Yeah, literally half the weight of what she should be. The autopsy couldn't determine a time of death because the little girl literally had no muscle mass. They found that there was no food in her stomach, and she died from malnutrition and dehydration. So obviously the mom was lying about the grits and chicken nuggets, because there was no food in the little girl's stomach, and it was apparent there hadn't been for a while. But as we mentioned earlier, the house was actually really well stocked with food, so... Why the heck would this poor little girl be so starving? Detective Micah Hedgewood, is it Hedgewood? Uh, I think so. Believed that based on the evidence and the fact that the house was stocked with food and nice furniture, that it was a willful act and Reagan was intentionally starved. So when I first looked into this story, I figured it was a struggling single mom, you know, working the night shift because it was her only option and... She probably couldn't afford a sitter or something. Like, she was just so desperate that she had no other choice. Maybe had no family or something. But to learn that there was food in the house, not to mention a large TV and nice furniture they also found, it wasn't that Devin didn't have the means to feed her child. She just didn't care. And to me, it sounds like she just really didn't want to have a kid. And, like... Her baby was her inconvenience, and 
She probably selfishly felt like Reagan was interfering with her personal life and aspirations. So, I mean, when you have food in the house and you just choose not to give it to your kid, like, how does that happen? And as we're about to talk about, this wasn't a recent issue that this family had. Hmm. I just, it doesn't compete with me. Like, you do not leave a kid under, like, the age of, like, oh, I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't leave a kid under the age of nine home alone. Yeah. Ten, maybe for, like, a a run to the drugstore. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. Like, no, you're not a mom if you are able to leave your kid under three. Under three. Alone for the whole night. It's just insane. It's so weird. I know. It's definitely... A dangerous thing to do. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, Reagan had actually spent the first two years of her life in the custody of her aunt. So she didn't even grow up in her mother's house. And it's unknown why she wasn't with her mother at this time. But for those two years, things seemed to be relatively normal. And Reagan was safe and healthy. But in May of 2017, Reagan went and lived with her mother. So this was just over a year before Devin would be placing the call to 911 that we talked about in the intro. A few months later, in September of 2017, her grandmother, Deborah Ann Walton Moon, had been with her and noticed that she was really underweight and appeared malnourished. She was concerned that she wasn't being fed at home. So she brought her to the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta at E. What? Eggleston? Eggleston Hospital, where the girl spent four days because she was so malnourished. She weighed about 20 pounds when she arrived. So, first of all, four days to recover from that? That's insane. But um, she weighed 20 pounds. This was slightly below what the. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention would consider a healthy weight. But over that next year, family members had filed at least five complaints with the Department for Child Services. Um, And as we discussed, when she was found a year later, she was only 14 pounds. So Mm -hmm. this was not an easy year for her. Right. After this hospital visit, child services did begin an investigation, and Deborah fought to get custody of her granddaughter. But Reagan was eventually put back into the custody of her mother. After this incident, Devin completely cut off contact with her family. And so Reagan lost that support system she had that was trying to save her life because for some reason her mom decided to cut them off. Because she was upset, I'm sure, at Grandma. Yeah. For doing that. Except that she was trying to protect her granddaughter. Following the return to Devin's custody, the department admitted that it failed to conduct follow-up visits on Reagan to verify her safety. The director of the Department of Child Services said that they relied heavily on the promises Devin Moon made. <laughs> That's so stupid. I know. And that when she cut herself off from the rest of the family, the communications broke down. Yeah, it's so sad how often we see that child services were involved in a case where the child ended up dead, you know? We saw this with Terrell Peterson, Amani Moss. Is 
just crazy that they can be on the radar of child protective services and still end up dead. Well, yeah. I can't believe they said that they were relying heavily on the promises Devin Moon made. I mean, the whole point of child services is to be there because the parents already broke the promise of taking care of their children. Right. You know, like... And as we'll talk okay. about later, the the things that they used to verify, it was just ridiculous. It just shouldn't happen that way where <gasps> CPS knows, right. but the kid still dies. The director of child welfare actually commented on all this saying, we will not allow Reagan's death to be in vain, but we will learn from it. Okay. There's okay. Yeah. that sounds like an easy <laughs> way out. Deborah replied to this quote, just apologizing, that's one step, but that's still not good enough. They should pay for it. Again, that's the grandma. And I agree, this happens so often, and I know there are a lot of good people working for child services, and they're greatly outweighed by all the crappy parents out there, and they can't possibly stop all of them. But that makes me think, why isn't this department expanding? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I know the answer. It's because the government doesn't make money off of it. It's not a profitable business, you know, protecting kids. Right. So it's not that important to the government and their budget. But come on. Like, you'd think this would be a worthwhile place to put money. They can't say that they're going to learn from this as if it's the first time it's ever happened. They should have learned from the other times that this has happened. Right. It's like... I know, especially since, like, Imani Moss was just, just before this. Hmm. Like, you'd think there the would same be area, a lot more so, focus. Yeah. <sighs> the family is considering taking legal action in hopes that they can use whatever funding or support they receive to implement a program to help other families avoid the same situation. Reagan's uncle... Marcus Lampkin also commented, quote, I think they ought to be held accountable because we told them on more than one occasion. Yeah. So true. Exactly. And that's the huge issue here. Why we like to talk about cases like this. Because with Terrell Peterson, for example, it's, we, I know our episode on him wasn't that good because we didn't know what we were doing yet. But his story is still so important. Like Mm -hmm. just how could this happen when he's on their radar? And like this uncle said, they told them on more than one occasion, you like normally the squeaky wheel gets the grease or at least it should like, they couldn't have done a couple follow-up checks because this family was calling in multiple times and uh, it's not like they call up child services just to kill time and mm-hmm. have a fun. They had a valid reason to call in. And the department actually released a report detailing the red flags and failures in this case, which I actually... Good. I mean, I respect them for doing that, but it doesn't make this okay. No. The report said that on one occasion when they received a complaint from the family, that instead of making a house visit and actually investigating it, they just texted Devin about the welfare of the child. And all she had to do was send them a picture as proof. 
What do you think about that? That's so that that is. I can't even say it. How is that official though? Like she could have sent them a picture from months before. You know, even if they could check the date on it, she mm-hmm. could have just screenshotted an old picture to change the timestamp to a current date. It's not official. No, it's lazy. It's the definition of lazy. Unless they made her go get a newspaper for that day and hold it next to her kid, you know that, that they could didn't not that. be official. This instance made Deborah feel like they just did not care about Reagan. And I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so hard to see the heartbroken grandmothers in these cases. Like, same thing with Imani's Ma- Imani Mas's grandma. Trying to imagine the disappointment they have in their daughter and the heartbreak they have over their grandchild. It, uh, I think it was Pearly Bashir, the grandma of Imani Mas, going through a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And she was just so frustrated and so broken up that this would happen and so there was actually another report that kind of highlights the way Devin the mother felt about her daughter yes Reagan on October 6 2017 a caseworker received word from Devin that she felt overwhelmed caring for her daughter and had even told the caseworker that at first she didn't want the child because she'd been convinced or conceived as a result of a one-night stand. So, I mean, that fills us so in on exactly thoughts. how she felt about... What'd you say? So many thoughts. So I just share them. Well, it's just like, no, you don't get to... I don't know, like, if you're going to have sex, then you should realize the things that happen when you have sex, so... Well, yeah. And if you had the baby, then, wow, then you're... You should really probably take care of your kid and not leave it when you're working. Right. One night stand or not, so. it's your responsibility to use birth control if you want to have sex without the natural byproduct of sex. You know, This is a human life, a real child we're talking about. And if you feel overwhelmed, then you. Well, I really doubt she had no friends to help her. Well, that's the thing. So Her mom... Deborah yeah. wanted custody of Reagan. Right. And I'm so. sure she would have been happy to babysit to keep Reagan safe. Deborah truly loves Reagan and she would have done anything for her. She's still trying to do things, you know, in retrospect now because she can't save her life anymore, but feeling real frustrated. She's still with trying this to mom. get justice. I mean, I just I don't know. Maybe it's cuz it's my anniversary today. Net an anniversary. Yeah. Six years. Oh. Yep. Okay, that's what that was, because I thought it was an anniversary for us, and no. I was like, wow, that's like no, three months dude, late. it's an anniversary. Okay. It's my six-year you started there the same year we got married, so I, I was did. confused. Super off topic, but um, my kids gave me a photograph in a frame after we had all made um, tie-dye shirts together, oh. and it says... I'm the best nanny ever. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. With their names etched in the wood. So I felt pretty pretty good about it. I would just like to point out that Rosie's the one that derailed this time. So I did. But I'm just saying, don't like, blame me. I'm not a mom, but I feel pretty darn close. And that's, you just don't leave your kid. You just don't. And if you feel overwhelmed, then you ask somebody you love to help you out. Right. So. And like we just said, 
the only thing that was keeping, um, what the heck's her name, Devin, from reaching out was her own pride because, obviously, even though she couldn't afford a babysitter and left her child at home, which we'll talk about in a bit exactly the circumstances uh, Reagan was in when she was left at home, they're terrible. Can't wait. Can't wait to be super upset. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you ready to move on? Yeah, I think so. So, later in October, what happened? I lost my spot. There we go. Found it. I literally was just really upset and I forgot my spot. That's all right. Later in October, they had noted in Reagan's file that she was small for her age, but there were no other concerns. Even though family members were saying that she was skin and bones and malnourished. Yeah, like three months earlier, she spent four days in the hospital because of malnourishment, but they're poo-pooing this as a minor concern? No, not correct. Right. You don't, that's not just a normal thing we do, is bring our kids in for malnourishment for four days. It's almost like they're, they're saying that nourishment's not important for a child, you know, why would they minimize malnutrition like this? I don't know. Sounds to me like they got a clean house in Atlanta for their child service people. No kidding. It was even recorded that her aunt, Demetra? Demetria Lampkin. Okay. Demetria Lampkin reported that Reagan was very thin, but her stomach stuck out and she became very bloated every time she ate. Which is a clear sign <laughs> that someone is starving. It's a condition known as uh quashic okay so her aunt was saying that as in she knew that that meant she was starving yeah okay good quashiorker i'm not quite sure why it's called that but it's actually because of a severe protein deficiency and an enlarged liver so (laughs) that's why the stomach sticks out on top where the liver is and i always think of like those commercials for the charities yeah. In third world countries when they well, show yeah, exactly. kids like that. You can see the effects of it in those children. Right. Now, somehow, with all these complaints and red flags, each report was eventually closed, and no visits were made to the house. Demetria, the aunt, commented, It was obvious that something was wrong. How can there be concerns, but the case be closed? Her grandmother, Deborah, added, we don't know how many babies or toddlers lost their lives to DFAC because no one followed up. It's just so unfair to them. And it's so heartbreaking to think about what they're going through. I mean, knowing that you tried everything in your power to get child services to do something about this, but you still lost your loved one has got to be so disheartening. Apparently, the department had even been ignoring the family's calls. Deborah made one more powerful statement. She said, We were begging DFCS to let us have the baby, to let us see the baby. It didn't have to come to this. Wow. Can you imagine getting this news about your granddaughter that you were trying to protect? I feel like I would have tried to sue child services. I mean, oh, I know. there was no reason. Like... It's easy to get jaded, and, like, with all these cases we listen to, especially in the true crime community, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it's another sad story. But when you really put yourself in their shoes and think about the loss and 
saying this because of what my family experienced this weekend with just the sudden loss of someone that was important in their lives. Mm-hmm. And then it hits you. And it's like these family, these are real families losing real loved ones. And when they tried so hard to keep her alive, but this still happens, it's such, such a disgrace. And one of the saddest parts of it to me is something we haven't even shared yet. So do you want to talk about that now? Okay. (laughs) This is such a frustrating case. I know. Within two days of Reagan's death, the apartment where she lived with her mother had been cleaned out and vacated. While Detective Hedgewood searched the vacant apartment, he came across a closet that was filled with empty boxes. Confused about why she'd be stocking empty boxes in a closet, he started to move them and investigate them, and realized that the boxes in the closet itself was full of urine and feces. It's also worth noting that the medical examiner noticed the couch where Lagan laid was not wet, but it would have been if she truly died there. So, the story that this tells is just awful. I mean, it has so many parallels to other stories we've covered, like Robbie Wayne and, of course, Imani Moss, even Alex Radita, but... It's pretty obvious, based on this, that Devin had been keeping her two-year-old baby girl in this closet and just forcing her to soil herself and starving her. I mean, this is probably where she kept her when she went to work, you know? Probably to try to keep her from messing up the rest of the house, so if she had visitors over for some adult time and Mm. didn't want Regan to get in the way or mess up the house before she had someone over it's just so selfish uh yeah i i can't even put into words how i could put them into words but we can't say them on our podcast so (laughs) (laughs) police i know police believe that reagan had been locked in that closet every night for months while her mother wasn't even at home but away at work But she apparently had absolutely no respect for the life of her child and no desire to love her daughter. And she really should have put Reagan up for adoption or just let her mom take her. Mm -hmm. Like, why did Devin fight for the custody and then cut off contact with her family who could have helped or better yet, just helped Reagan get out of this house and find a safer, more loving home? Like, even if the family wasn't able to take care of her, there are people out there that can't make their own children for one reason or another that would love to give a girl like this a loving home. I mean, even an orphanage would be better than this. And that's not saying a lot, but I just can't wrap my mind around why a mother would do this to her daughter. No, and when she said that she was overwhelmed with her kid... I'm just like, why How? Why would you be overwhelmed if you're locking them in the closet and that's it? Right. Like, what? I don't know. I just want to punch this mom in the neck, to be honest with you. She doesn't even get the title of mom. Wow. <sighs> so, yeah. There were also some phone records. Right. 
Phone records also told another part of the story. About an hour before she called 911, Devin had been calling the father of her older child over and over, but couldn't get a hold of him. She has another kid? Apparently. Uh, but judging by these calls, it seems like she was pretty frantic. About 15 minutes uh, before calling 911, she left Reagan at the apartment and drove away for some reason. Then she came back to call 911. Probably to pretend like she had gone to work. That's what I think. Oh. Well, that's so stupid. Well, she seems kind of stupid, so. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like she was freaking out here. Possibly very well aware that she was in deep crap. Again, reminiscent of Iman and Tiffany Moss frantically trying to find a solution to the mess they'd made. But why? Why are they being frantic? You didn't think that your child was going to die if you locked them in a closet without food? Right. And what what do you think is the outcome here? I just... Yeah, especially when you have the means to feed your child and you choose not to. (sighs) Apparently, Devin Moon had been arrested numerous times before because of traffic charges, and among these was a DUI. But now, Devin is charged with first-degree cruelty to a child and first-degree murder in connection with little Reagan's untimely death. And we actually have new developments in the Imani Moss case, which was also in Gwinnett County. Um, Her mother, Tiffany Moss, has been sentenced to death. No way. Yeah. Wow. Which, I mean, she killed her little girl, so why not? And Iman, the father, had been sentenced to life in prison. So uh, as we discussed, he actually pled guilty and took responsibility for what he did, while Tiffany continued to deny any involvement or any responsibility, even though she was the actual murderer, pretty much. Mm. But they're actually seeking the death penalty against Devin Moon as well wow. because of this precedent. Very interesting. The district attorney who prosecuted Imani's case is also working on Reagan's case, and he commented, We have a case that's almost identical to Imani's case, except there was no father involved. He also commented that he's worked several starvation cases before. He said, With all my years of experience and everything I have seen, I thought I was pretty knowledgeable or pretty immune to the things people do to each other. But when this case came in, it was like nothing I have ever seen before. Yeah. And I think those words sum up our reaction while we're covering it right now. Yeah. Like, we've covered, I mean, we've done 75 episodes leading up to this, and you'd think that by now we'd just be like, oh, it's another story. But we've been, like, so viscerally upset about this you know yeah but i still think of liam fee when i think of cases like this oh yeah that is kind of your pet case isn't it yeah totally my pet is that episode super long ago eight or 11 or something i'd like to redo it actually yeah (laughs) well anyway that pretty much wraps up the story very interested to see what happens I know. So, Rosie, what do you what do you think of all this? Like, um, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess you've pretty much made your opinion clear throughout so. the whole thing. I think that she's a terrible mother. I think that 
she shouldn't. I don't know. I don't like to say my opinions about the death sentence, but man, sure don't care if she gets the death sentence. Well, I know when when you willingly starve your child like this. When you're able to kill a child, I mean, uh, I just don't yeah. see the point of keeping you around. I mean, this isn't just like a instant kill, like murder. It's a slow torture. Of starving a child well, and I, neglecting them. I don't care what you did to a kid if you kill them no matter which way. I'm kind of like, hmm. Well, yeah, but with all the suffering leading up to it, that right. adds a whole compound. Locking that, your child. I mean, you don't lock a cat or a dog in a closet, let alone a human being. I just don't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't know how you could be a human yourself and do that to another human or animal or anything. Just wow. And I, the closet that was full of feces and How do urine? you not have a conscience and right? like think? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah. That's why we cover the cases and we aren't being trialed for the cases. So. <laughs> yeah. I, this also reminds me of Crystal Reyes. The, I think that was... A, uh, I can't I remember, remember the one. number. But she went through a similar situation being locked in the cage and oh yeah just completely yeah. neglected and it's i don't know why this case is hitting us so much harder maybe it's because we took a week off and like our numbness went away i but, don't know but it like, really made me mad <laughs> i know anyway i'm getting all the feels so let's turn this around to a brighter note do we have any cat news um what we do we do oh yeah ryan likes to make music videos he's made two that they're really funny the first one is a parody from the jonas brothers song sucker and instead of i'm a sucker for you it's i'm allergic to you and it's funny (laughs) and then the second one is um a parody from post malone's sunflower that's about our kittens. Yeah, mainly burrito. Our cats being sad when we go on vacation. Yeah, that, well, that's why I thought cat news, mm-hmm. cat video. So where can our listeners find your music videos, Ryan? YouTube. And they can look up. Oh, <laughs> hi, burrito. Yeah, burrito's coming in. Um, it's under Wave Potter on YouTube. It's my two most recent videos. So if you think you can handle watching a goofy music video that i made without losing respect for me they're pretty good i (laughs) I liked them (laughs) thank you rosie that that means a lot to me because you're hard to impress (laughs) um so anyway yeah they they are much happier than what we talk about on this show i just don't want them to be jarring for anybody that's used to me on here because they're a lot more fun and lighthearted. So, anyway, that's about it for that. Oh, we have one more patron to thank because she just got back to us right now. BLT Huey Girl. <laughs> I don't know if that's her full name. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You can. Oh giving us a lot of love today Another new patient oh yeah it. thank you so much for all your comments over on patreon i haven't responded to one but i was i looked 
during and I also, work. <laughs> also want to say thank you to everyone that commented on our posts when we said we were sick and taking a week off. No, people were so nice to us. It was really sweet. Um, yeah, life hasn't gotten any easier since last week. Yeah, with I was being hoping busy, that. But hoping okay. it would. But one more thing I want to mention is that we don't mean any disrespect to the people that are working in child services. Yeah, obviously we know that not everyone in the Gwinnett County Child Services is not doing their job right. That's not what we're saying at all. So we don't want that to come across in the wrong way. It's just really unfortunate. Super unfortunate. But, okay, well, I know it's a shorter episode this week, but thank you for listening. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that we need to say, but I can't really think of anything um, I'm thinking about making my own business about my um, my love trees. Oh yeah! I was gonna throw so that in there. My niece got there. married this past weekend, and Rosie made her a love. Well, she calls it's, it a love tree. I call it it's a, love a tree. guest book on a canvas. It's a tree, and then you stamp your name and you sign it instead of the the traditional guest book. It's a canvas, so I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah, but I've made I one before. And I'm trying to think about making an Etsy store for them and my art in general. But we'll see how that goes. If anybody's getting married, let me know. It sounds really cool. I'd love to show you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Do you want to do the plugs? Uh, you can check out our store at vov-threadless-.com. Yes. <laughs> links in the description or the show notes um we're also on instagram at vov podcast twitter at vov pod or email us at vov podcast at gmail.com you got that right okay cool and also you can uh go join our group over on facebook voice of the victim support system or just uh our page over there it's a fun time <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time <laughs> So thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.